Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Ollie. And I think you 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 are an ostrich. Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Baller Boys podcast. I'm your host, Vis, and today the two usual suspects, Rahul and Kaiser. How are we doing, boys? Not so great, but hello. <laughs> Yeah, not so good. I've decided that I actually uh, don't like football. So, uh, <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh actually my God. doing this as uh, you know, being as being a good friend, lah. You know, so that's good. Appreciate. I want to ask you a question. <laughs> oh, Do you all still go. look forward to know. recording pods, doing research on like your favorite team, and like has that changed in any way? I, it's just a genuine question, not to like. Uh, the answer is no. Because I uh, don't enjoy doing research on Liverpool FC because it's only misery. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, but I do know lah. Football, I still enjoy. Actually, in a way, right? Fair. Uh, Has it made you more, less, like, interested? Or it's made me... Like, what's going on? It weirdly all? enough, right? And this maybe is something I need to reevaluate is that because Liverpool <laughs> are not in the running, right? Because every game is not important now. In the sense uh-huh. that you know, before for the like past four seasons, before. every game has mattered, right? You can't drop a single mm. point in the title race. We mm. are, you know, I mean, we are definitely not going to win it this year. We're definitely not going to be close. So it's quite nice to just sort of even. I mean, you watch the game, you lose. You're like, yeah, that sucks. You're angry for ninety minutes, and after that, okay, it okay, really it's like no pressure, like no, yeah, like pressure. there's no. I get what you're saying. You can enjoy okay. all the other Premier League games also because you're not thinking. I don't have to watch bloody City games. And try to hope that they drop points. Yeah, like, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, I can I captain Harlan and feel nice when he scores. Like, <laughs> yeah, <know>? small <laughs> things like that. So if anything, right? You, I'm more emotionally detached from results, which is quite nice, right? Yeah, and that and that's exactly how I felt for the past. <laughs> I maybe I think ever since he started, you know, making the pods, um, and it's definitely helped me cope with when times are extremely bad. You know, it's 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 made me less attached, lah. I would say, Resilient. and it's healthier. So, I I and remember when you when guys uh, got a couple of good results, you became delusional and thought, ah uh, uh, yes, uh, that also, that also. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think uh, that's established, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, besides that, uh, I just want to get into the talking points today. So, the teams that we're going to cover are, of course, um, the league leaders, Arsenal. And their recent matchup with Liverpool, we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to have a special segment on Man United with Alif again. So Alif joined us for the preseason pod and he's decided to do one with us um, in this pod as well, which is, you know, great. So thank you very much, Alif. And then for to end up the review section, we're going to cover Crystal Palace for a change. And um, the big preview that we're doing this episode would be Liverpool versus Man City. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. So without without further ado, <laughs> that makes one of us. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> no la, no, I'm not that bad la. <laughs> without further ado, let's kick in with Arsenal versus Liverpool. Actually, no, sorry. Let's talk about Arsenal versus Spurs because that was the game before the um, Liverpool Arsenal game. So Kaiser, take it away. 
Yeah, so just to give a bit of context, I think as everyone knows, and Arsenal fans keep reminding us, they're top of the league. And eight wins in nine games, so uh, a lot to be applauded for. Man United, Liverpool Spurs, they've played. And they beat the top two top six teams uh, in the previous two games, which we say that they struggled with in previous seasons. Uh, so I think overall, it seems that the main point I want to make is that Arteta is really smashing it. He's basically fully integrated his system. I think in previous seasons, you saw that he sometimes adapts to the opponents he faces. But this time, he's sticking to his 4-2-3-1. The players understand what to do. It becomes easier to swap in and out uh, the players in the system. And you can see that in the previous two games. But yeah, do you guys watch the Spurs game? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think, I mean, it was well-deserved. Yeah, well-deserved. I think they, domin- they dominated the game. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, again, a testament to what we said in the previous pods, right? Where... Conte still doesn't know what he's doing. On the opposite side, yeah. Arteta and the team are really bought in and they know this is what they're about and this is what they want to do. Exactly. And a key player, I think, some key players in that game, and I think Xhaka definitely has to be applauded this season. Uh, it's sort of a revival from this I think this is his best. I've never seen Xhaka play, play like this. football. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's the best version of himself. And right having party has, allowed, party has allowed him to really take out attacking mm. positions where he can influence the games, either scoring or passing. Um, and, I mean, his temper seems to be a bit controlled, but we'll see. Uh, I think it's still early days. Um, and it's helping Martinelli shine on the left side as well, so he's uh, causing damage as well. And I think one thing I want to highlight is their resilience in both games. I think the Spurs game, especially Kane, equalised against a run of play penalty, but yet they kept going. You didn't see their heads go down, and they kept playing the way that they played and it led up to the 3-1 win. So, let, let's talk about the... The Liverpool game. I thought Arsenal, given the chances both teams had, I think Arsenal deserved to win that game. You know, let's put aside the the penalty shouts, you know, and just look at the chances that were there for the taking. And I think Arsenal deserved to win in that sense. And um, one thing I really liked about, you know, Arsenal in this game is it's not like Liverpool were just there to be rolled over. I think Liverpool did very well to react. You know, they got the equaliser. And again, you know, they got in 2-2. But it just showed, I guess, a bit of more maturity from this Arsenal team for them to keep going, keep banging on that door. For them to get that penalty, I think there was a number of sequences where, you know, they just kept peppering the box and like trying to get something and eventually, you know, a penalty was given. And yeah, you know, hats off to Arsenal for that. And uh, I'm sure you guys watched the game. What do you you guys think? No, I think you're exactly right. I think you'd be very, based on the play, right? Based on how the game went and the chances created. And you look at the XG as well, right? It's so reflective of the result. So I think, yeah, you can't you can't stand up and say that Arsenal didn't deserve the result. I think Liverpool scored two goals from an XG of like 0.87. So, you know, I don't think they created much besides the two goals. The two goals were very nice, actually. I really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, if we're talking about positives from Liverpool point of view, I think Darwin Nunes, that was the first time I actually watched him and I said, this guy, he had a very good game and I thought, you know, mm. this is, if he can keep building on that, he looks decent. But from an Arsenal point of view, I mean, what they did exactly, as you said, this is kept on knocking on the door and Liverpool are there to be had. You know, the defence is abject, is comical, the defending at times. You know, the penalty comes from them just not being able to clear the box, which is, it wasn't the first and only time in the game. 
Yeah. Uh, and you don't second like balls it. they were there Arsenal every time the second ball they were always first to it. And this used to be Liverpool's game, you know. Liverpool Correct. used to do this to yeah, teams, you know, and force them and like choke season, them, yeah. yeah. Correct. I said it multiple times to the people I was watching a game game with right outside. I don't know how we have become so bad at something we were best in the world at doing for 3 4 years. I think I think there's a as a question, I'm sorry, as an answer to your question, this is what I feel. You know, Liverpool the past 2 3 seasons have been winning and winning and winning. So I think that sort of desire, that sort of um energy is always there to fight for that second ball, you know, throughout that game, throughout any games that they play. But now because like you said Rahul like every game is not as important because they know you know probably they're not going to win i think that also plays a factor in the in the energy department lah if you if you put it that way because okay by no means you see the way liverpool play they are still a good team they still control the game very well you know they still pass very well okay fine defending not so great but one thing one thing i really see a big difference is the energy lah bro which is the pressing and it's just not there anymore yeah, i think there's a motivation question as well yeah. being there's yeah. a hangover lah i think there's definitely a hangover aspect but and fi- fighting mean, for the quadruple and all that i mean and then you I think, yeah i think there's a big hangover from that but i think on i mean it's uh, like most things is multifactorial and it's not just that there's definitely a I don't know if I'm hoping is a transitional problem. They're trying to change system so you know they don't they don't quite know where they are and you know these are the teething problems. I mean we're talking about Arsenal they had plenty of teething problems to get where they are now. It's funny someone I mean this is something a point I'm stealing from someone else but about 3 years ago when Liverpool made it to the first final and lost to Real Madrid that's where I think Arsenal are currently, right? So I don't think Arsenal are going to win the league because I still think they are level below City. You know, maybe even multiple levels bef- below City. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. That that sure. doesn't mean that they are not better than everyone else in the league, right? So yes. I think currently they are clear second. But the thing is, I think we will see at the end of the season, right? How good this Liverpool and City team, well, Liverpool Liverpool team were, and how good the mm. City team is. At the end of the season, because that I think there'll be a big gap between first and second. If I'm being honest, um, okay. Arsenal still haven't played City yet, which is a shame because yeah. they're supposed to play in two games time, right? And it's been postponed. Yeah. Because um, I think then we would have really seen a gap in the quality there, possibly, yeah. possibly. Um, and I think that's why Arsenal. I think they still got another two, three years to improve to really hit that Champions League winning level to really compete yeah. with City. But yeah. that said, right? I mean, if I was an Arsenal fan, I remember being a Liverpool fan three, four years ago. It's fantastic. Every yeah, it's a good game. feeling, and you every yeah. right to get carried away. So if uh, an Arsenal fan says, you know, I think we're going to win the league, you know, okay, fine. You know, it's good. Your team is playing well. You know, there's. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh no. You know, you don't have the right to say that you might win the league. You know, let them get carried away. You know they're playing good football, exciting football. Your team is winning. I think they fully deserve what they're going yeah, through. Yeah, it's right actually now. really good to watch yeah. them as a, as a neutral and it's fun, right? Yeah, yeah. And like how the front Liverpool's front three has been lauded. I think their front four this season has been fantastic. Martinelli, man. What a yeah, that's yeah. a good segue. Oh, so you know the matchup of uh, Martinelli versus Trent. I think in that game was, I think it's unfair lah. I think Martinelli really, really had a good time. On the left, and um, you could see the difference as soon as Trent was subbed out for Gomez. I think Gomez played very well. He came on. Martinelli didn't do much after that. And 
let's just talk a bit more about Martinelli and Saka, your two white players. What what you know? What do you see from them? Have they grown? What other aspects of their game that they have improved? I think it's all. Season? Yeah, I think it's not just two of them. I think it's just as a unit with getting Jesus in, how hardworking and selfless yes. he is as well. Uh, and then, like I said, there's Jaka point, but then it's really allowed them to shine. And basically, both Martinelli and Saka, I think they're both known to be pretty creative players. But I think you can see that their confidence is flying. Their, their finishing has improved. I think as a unit, it's just so stable, which is what you can compare to Liverpool. I think like the system that we had allowed really Salah, Mane to thrive. Um, and so I think we're seeing that with Martinelli and Saka. And I think there's talks already about them trying to renew contracts for Saliba and Martinelli, their star players. This <laughs> and then we see their next uh, four fixtures. I think they have uh, Leeds away and then Southampton away. Nottingham Forest at home and then Chelsea away. I think the Chelsea one would be the toughest one out of the lot. To be fair, I think Leeds away also is not going to be so easy. But how many points do you see Arsenal taking out of these four fixtures? Mm, yeah, I don't think it's sustainable, the thing that they run that they're going on. I think they'll... Like win, 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 win. Yeah. They never draw also, right? They've just been winning every game yeah. besides the United one. Lah. Other than that... Chelsea and another game, maybe they might drop points potentially. So, okay, to wrap this Arsenal segment, I just want to quickly ask, do you think Arsenal is going to win the league? No, no. The, the gap's still big, I think. No, I think, yeah, I think, but that's the thing, you know, I think so many years we've been given the illusion that City can be got at, you know. But I think, okay, let's mm. even take away City, right? If I just pose you the question, to win this league, mm. you're going to need 90, probably 95 plus points, okay? Mm. How many yeah. teams in the history of the Premier League have been man- have managed to have do been, that? Yeah, you know, I think it's very difficult, and only basically, I mean, even if you look back in history, even Ferguson's United team, I think finished ninety points once, maybe once, once or yeah. twice. I think once, yeah. and that's talked about like one of the best, you know, best errors, best yeah. teams <laughs> in the world, and they only finished ninety points once. Chelsea under Mourinho, I think, is once as well. So it's a big ask, and that's why I mean everyone has been hoping Liverpool don't win the league the last few seasons, right? But to get to that level to compete with City, I'm telling you, it's difficult. I think we're. It's it's not even about beating City; it's about keeping up with them. You know. That's what I mean, and it's that's, very yeah, difficult. <laughs> it's so difficult, and I think they're, they're so good. People will realize how much the Premier League has become a one-team dominated league by the end of the season. Mm. Uh, that's my prediction. Like the Bundesliga, like I'll that. Be, huh? I'll be very happy if City collapse and you know there's a real title race again but I just can't see it I mean things like the United result with Arsenal right people are say what are you talking about bro they won all their games they just lost one Chief that's that's all it takes you know yeah that's, that's all it takes all that's all it yeah. takes exactly because yeah, right. the City team will not lose drop many points I know they have already but they yeah. won't otherwise you know and Arsenal have never been there before City have the experience same thing I said when we did the predictions last year a lot of people thought Chelsea will win the league. I was like, no, mm. they, they, it's a different ball game. It's a whole different ball game. Two teams in recent history have tr- done it. No one else, you know. True. Um, so I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, and I think we'll see after this October run of games. I think they're playing like two games a week uh, till the end. So I think it'll be very interesting to okay. catch up on Arsenal. Ar- yeah, catch up on really. Arsenal again at the end of this uh, month. And the World Cup will be coming during winter. See, that's going to add a different dynamic altogether. And then we'll really yeah, see. Who knows what that will You know, for all up. you know, you see now, Liverpool, everybody's writing them off already. Let's see Liverpool maybe in Feb time, February time. 
I don't think I don't think they'll be well. Yeah, no, I think they'll be seventeen points off. Oh, maybe. No, because because all our all our players won't be chosen for the World Cup, so we'll be well rested. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, then, guys. I think we've talked enough about Arsenal. Their heads are already fucking big. Arsenal fans. Alright, so in the next segment, uh, we have Alif and we'll cover Man United versus City and Man United versus Everton. Catch y'all in the next segment. Hello everybody, welcome to the United segment with our dear friend Alif. So Alif, how are you doing bro? <laughs> I'm doing good Viz, thanks for having me again. Thank you, you for doing? coming on, bro, again. Thank you so much. I'm good, I'm good, bro. Holding up, lah, holding up. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Alif actually did a segment with us. Uh, so this is our second segment together, right, Alif? Yes, it's Yeah, so the first segment Alif did w- with us was um, during the pre-season pods uh, way earlier. Uh, and it was so good that we just wanted him again. And... Um, I wish it was under better circumstances, lah. You know, about the pictures that we're gonna talk about. <laughs> but uh, then again, you know, that's that's the life of being a Man United supporter. For now. For now, As of la. now, yeah. So how have you been, Alif? How have you been? How have you been coping, bro? Uh, well, generally all still positive. Um, well, specifically looking into United games, ups and downs still. Um, but I I kind of help to just. You know, still stay positive towards you know the ETH era. Yeah, for now, process, for huh? now, for now, I'm still with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here, man. Same here, and it, and it feels different, bro. To a certain extent, um, I remember when we won that four games in a row, and mm. then we had uh, I think lost in Europa in the Europa League one nil or something. Yeah. But for some reason, right when we lost that game, I was like, oh no, it's fine. We'll you know we'll win the rest of the group fixtures you know there's a, a sense of confidence la, that i've mm. you know that's been missing for the longest time now and it feels a bit more calm and you know i would say to be a united fan in those circumstances but but yeah so let's get right into it so the two fixtures that we're going to cover talk about it. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about it, about it. So <laughs> the, <laughs> the two fixtures that we're going to cover are mainly the premier league fixtures so okay. The most anticipated uh, Manchester derby. We're going to cover that one very quickly. Lah. Nothing much we need quickly? to talk about. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then let's stress on the, the recent one, the Everton game. So at the time of recording, uh, United played Everton yesterday at uh, yep. 2 a.m. Malaysian time. Lah. So let's get right into it. It was a Haaland show, wasn't it? It was. Um, and come on, let's just say this again. Haaland <laughs> right now, best striker in the world. Uh, we we were definitely hoping to see some really good Haaland goals, and well, we're technically also hoping that our defense yeah. can cope up with him. But yeah. uh, man, he's just a beast, bro. I was so confident. I I was so so confident because going into that game, uh, mm. I think we had in terms of statistics, we had one of the best uh, defenses in Defense, the league at yeah. that time, mm-hmm. You know, on the back of four wins, and. Yep. I I just had a feeling, like a strong feeling that, no, Varane and Martinez will be able to keep Haaland at bay. You know, that was the those my famous last words. <laughs> la. And next thing you know, next thing you know, my goodness. Two hat-tricks, bro. That's even worse. Not just Haaland, right. Foden as well. Foden. Foden you know? was on form. Oh my yeah. God. So I want to ask you, what went wrong in that game? Was it, um, okay, I'm going to pose this question. Huh? Was mm. it the fact that United was shit or City were just too good? You know, so okay. Uh, I think looking at it 
um, definitely we lost the battle in midfield. No, technically, it is really true. We mm. lost to KDB. That's that's number one. Okay. Right. Fair. Fair. Uh, fair that Haaland and Foden is, uh, you know, well good attackers. Uh, we actually had really good defense as well. You no, know, I yeah. think at the back of 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 all of our minds, we know Varane can handle them. Yeah. Uh, but the supply was just too good, bro. It's too good, right? The it's supply to them was just especially. Too good. The, yeah. I think I think that was Haaland's second goal. Those are the type of balls where it's just the most impossible type of ball where exactly. the, it's in the, between the keeper and the defender, so you don't know who's going to take it. Yeah. But that it goes to show the sense of understanding that Haaland and KDB have. You know, for him yeah. to just ping that ball in, and Haaland is there already waiting. You know, exactly. like but, you said, bro, come yeah. on, man. Haaland just played with KDB this season. How can they get that kind that of chemistry so of, fast? You see, that's the oh thing. You know, yeah. as much as Haaland is such a good player, you know, mm. we talk about, oh, how are United going to stop Haaland? How are United going to stop him? But people tend to forget City in itself are such a good team already. They are, you know, yeah. even if you stop Haaland, the rest of them will turn up. Like you said, lah, KDB, Grealish. If Grealish was on fire that day, you know. Yeah. So City as a team are just so good, such a well-oiled machine. And then you put that that nuclear bomb there, <laughs> and it's just a recipe for chaos, lah. Basically, you know. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, Tyrell Malaysia. Yeah. Uh, I think he got. He, he he was just fed to the wolves like that game. Yeah, that game. Um, the first game that I saw him struggle was actually against Arsenal. Uh, I think mm. uh, the one against Saka. I think Saka turned him inside yep. out. Yeah. And yep. then from then on, you could see okay, this guy he's still young. You know, he's not ma- yep. that matured in that sense. You know, and mm. this game he really really kenala. You know, I I don't think it was just him, bro. It was the entire team actually. Everybody was yeah. off it. You know. City was just levels, bro. Levels ahead. <laughs> you know, the the funny thing was when I looked into um, the lineup and I saw Akanji and Nathan Ake on defense. Yeah. I'm like, dude, we 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 can. Yeah, and no Rodri also, them. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, imagine if that's Rodri there. Okay, yeah. good. So, <laughs> but apparently we still can't. Uh, yeah, their midfield is too good. Uh, their he, defense played played well. The centre backs, right, bro? Like that started. Mm. You know, actually Rodri. Um, could have started ahead. He was on the bench, if I'm not mistaken, and he could have started ahead of um, either Akanji or Ak. But Pep so confident, and yeah. he knows that he's going to control possession. He's going to have the game, so he wants really ball playing centre backs, and mm-hmm. he went with Akanji and Ak. And and Ak, because you know I, there were so many instances where Rashford made those curve runs to stop Ak from basically making a pass out from yeah. the back. But what Ak did was he sort of read that and just ran, ran past through. Rashford. He just yeah. ran, and they kept yeah. doing it again and again. It was to a point right where Akanji and uh, Ak they used to come up all the way in front. They were like next to Gundogan and, and, and as an yep. extra midfielder, you know. Yeah. And like you said, uh, the game was lost in the midfield, and we were just overrun. There was just too much space, and we were just overrun. But let's let's talk about let's talk about how we sort of bounced back, lah, from there. You know, okay. it was an away game. It was a tough game anyway. You know, yeah, you lose three points hard. there. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. You know, mm. but I like the bounce back culture, and we went on to win in the Europa League. And then yep. immediately after that, we beat Everton. So let's talk about the Everton game. I am still okay with the Everton game, but uh, I think like like we discussed a bit, uh, you know, before uh, coming into the call, uh, it was a flat game anyway. It's just yeah. it, there's nothing much to it. 
um, we shown that we can also you know dominate and play possession games but uh, I just am not convinced that that's what we can do right now yeah yeah you know it's, it's either or so it's either we you know in the Europa game we had a lot of possession and we tried to break a really defense that, that low block yeah 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 we can really do that a lot yeah um, and if we have possessions in like the Everton games it was it was pretty much balanced uh, between us and Everton uh, anyway yeah I don't I don't know which kind of tactics are we are we going are we going full force attacking or possession and and patience or we just counter attacking I don't see it I think it, it is different games, la. definitely yeah. it's different from a game to game basis like you can see mm. clearly against Arsenal against Liverpool it was pure counter attack but mm. like games against like Everton maybe Southampton you know these are the sort of games we try you know we try to control the game to a certain mm. extent and um I okay before the game I wasn't I'm not going to sit here and say I'm confident that we were going to beat Everton I wasn't although I wanted United to beat Everton but going to Goodison in the past has not been a f- it's a, it's a very hard ground to go yeah. to and get a yeah. result you know we've seen top teams drop points there you know mm. but and at the same time Everton coming into this game they were they had the best defense in the league you know they only conceded seven goals and yep. and they had like what six uh, they were unbeaten in unbeaten, six games right. before mm. playing but the thing mm. is If you look at their XG against, it was at 13.9 something. So Ooh, they were actually, yeah, so they were actually, you know, outperforming and sort of getting lucky in that sense, which is <laughs> which showed lah basically yesterday. And United, yeah, they dominated large parts of that game. Besides the first goal, actually, Everton didn't look like they were going to do anything at all. You know, I was very surprised, actually. Okay. It, mm. it was like a very smooth flowing game and... You know, towards the 60th, 70th minute, I was like, if United don't win this game, then there's a problem. Because, you know, like these are the type of games where Everton is just giving it to us. They're giving us the ball. You know, they're just letting us play. Mm. And these are the type of games that we need to win. And the last part, uh, the last parts are a bit shaky. Lah, I'm not going to lie. That's what we are lacking right now, I would say. No, no control throughout the games. Always, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end, we are trying to sort of, you know, just carry forward to the finish line and sort of pull through I think yeah. that's something right that they need to yeah. improve yeah I just want to talk about Casemiro real quick as well I know he yeah. got the end of the match for that game yeah Um. but um, he was also f- a bit flimsy in the beginning uh, you yeah know, making mistakes for the goal as well right for the goal right yeah um, yeah yeah I think Onana was, was that Onana. his name Onana yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Onana is the one who tackled him yeah so but I That that is the true character of being a United player. If you make one mistake, you redeem yourself right away, right? Yeah, that, you make up for it. Exactly. You have to make up for it. Yeah, so yeah. It's a good character that I think he really deserved that man of the match. Um, but I still think I need a bit more consistency from him. Um, he he mm. just doesn't seem that physical enough, though. Like what he shown in La Liga, I thought La Liga was. He more physically right. no I right? think I think he yeah. is lah relatively I mean you see the Premier League itself is such a physical league you know so we can't I mean I I okay you know I'm not going to judge him immediately because this was his longest game bro like mm. in okay. in the league lah at least right this was the longest minutes he's had so I mean for a first like starting game uh, for him in the league I think he did pretty well lah in that sense you know I'm not defending him here I did see uh, in fact he gave for United he's the one who gave the ball away the most in our entire yep. team you know yep. so I'm not going to sit here and say he had a fantastic performance or anything but like you said 
You know, the mistakes initially, yeah, were made, but he did make up for it. And what benefits do you think Casemiro gives to the others around him with just him being there? What What do you think? Um, he plays a lot of quick, um, quick passes. Yeah, you know, um, and over the line passes. I think before this, if if it's not him, it's either McTominay or Fred is gonna play there. The, the way I see it, right? Um, yeah. Ericsson, Casemiro, and Bruno. Uh, one of them needs to be playing that. That DM role, yeah, that holding up Ericsson. When yeah. Ericsson is is dropping down low, then mm. Casemiro is is gonna play up a bit yeah. together with Bruno. So they are actually rotating in the middle. Yeah, um, yeah, similar with Bruno as well. So that works because McTominay cannot play that role. He can't. Right? Right? He can't. He just he can't. can't. He's, because that's why he's not a defensive midfielder to begin with. He's yep. not a CDM. What? Yeah. So like, I feel right with Casemiro there. Okay, I feel he can play that role. Like that lone holding midfielder mm. role, like we saw yesterday, which allows Ericsson and Bruno to mm. push up way higher. Okay, so just you see, yeah, uh, just uh, this is why I'm saying it carefully. Okay, I think games <laughs> like yesterday against weaker opponents, Casemiro can do that. But if you play against yeah. the likes of Liverpool, against City, against Chelsea, I don't think Casemiro can do it alone. Mm. I think he needs someone alongside him, lah. You know, I'm okay. I'm yet to mm. see it, but I personally think. Casemiro can do it alone in these type of games where we dominate possession, you know. Yeah. But against yeah. the stronger opponents, we are yet to see lah. Yeah. You know, but there are positives. Yep. That's for sure. That is true. I'm just really disappointed that Martial and picked up another knock. Yeah, that's 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 annoying, man. That is really very annoying. You know, I mean, it, it was good that Ronaldo came on and and scored his 700 goal 700, and achievement. Yeah. yeah, you know, yep. he's been in a rough patch. I'm not going to sit here and defend him and say he's had the best of games this season. He's been absolutely off the boil, and uh, you know, the last game against uh, in the Europa League game, I think yep. that was his best performance. Although he didn't score, I thought he yep. was getting into positions better. He was there at the right place, right time. He made the right runs, and the goal should eventually come. And we saw that against Everton. Very good finish. I agree and on the left. Yeah. So, but yeah. Martial though, Martial, what are we gonna do about him? Because for me, ah, Martial yeah. is my strongest in my strongest United starting lineup, lah. You know. I mean, in in my mind, he's he's my first pick as well. Yeah. Um, I just hope that you know this injury is not gonna be another one that is long term. Hopefully, just one game. He's gonna be missing out. I don't um, know. I just I just need him. But on the flip side, Rashford after that City game. Yeah. Somehow turned up. You know, in the yeah. Europa game, yeah, in, he did. In, in the Everton he, game, he kind of shown that. Oh, okay, now you are playing with some kind of pace. Yeah, playing with a bit some more kind direct. Of belief, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. His decision making still has to improve a bit. I would say, you know, that's one yeah. of his games. I mean, that's one of uh, one of the but, parts in his game where he lacks. But but he needs to play on the left and not yeah. at top. That's and it. Sancho didn't even play at all yesterday. <laughs> Yes, yeah, you know we're forgetting yeah. about Sancho. You see, so I don't yeah. know how this three of them, this <laughs> dynamics, gonna work, lah, bro. Honestly, but I, I right. think it's a good problem to have. You know, mm. better have more players than less players, more right? More options, right? Yeah. So that's sure. for the manager to sort out. Oh, looking ahead, though, looking ahead. So what are we, what are the fixtures that we have? The next three. We got Newcastle Premier League. Yeah, we have Newcastle yeah. at home, Spurs at home, and Chelsea away. Oh, that's that's gonna be. There are those are three very tough fixtures. I'm glad the two out of three of them are at home. How many points do you see us getting from these three fixtures? Honestly, okay, uh, Newcastle, Spurs. I think we're gonna 
We're gonna win. We can. Yeah, I think we can take Let's seven. Let's go. Seven, seven, seven out of points. Seven, seven out of nine. Let's be conservative, bila. Yeah. Seven yeah. out of nine. Um, yeah. Am I being conservative? Chelsea away. Ooh, Graham Potter. I don't like that man. He's, he's, <laughs> Why, bro? I, I'm I'm not seeing it. I mean, no lah. Yeah. I've always liked him lah. <laughs> I just didn't like him after he moved to bloody Chelsea lah. You know, he's a very yeah, good manager. Okay, fair, fair. I'm just I'm just scared about Spurs right now. I think um, their pace can can hurt us. Yes, definitely. As if we make mistakes like we did yesterday against Everton, we will be yep. punished against Correct. Spurs. Even Newcastle actually. Newcastle a very good team, bro. Even that is a tough game. You know, yeah, but just because right be, now, yeah. um, out of Newcastle, Spurs and Chelsea, only Spurs are playing with the wing backs, right? Uh, yeah. Chelsea is now playing with four defense. Yeah. yeah. So I think That's I'm just true. worried about that three five two or that, all those wing back mm, plays teams, lah. Yeah. Okay, we shall see. We shall see. So thank you very much, Alif, once again, no problem, you know, for coming man. on, you know, doing this for free. By the way, <laughs> we're not paying Alif anything, ah. <laughs> uh. He's just volunteering because that's how of a fans, nice guy. Man, United on. fans, you know, these this is what United fans are made of. That's such nice, genuine people. All right, then okay. we'll catch you in the next segment. Thank you very much, Alif. I hope to have no you problem, soon man. again for free, ah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, bro. Thank you so much, Alif. Thanks, I thank you. <laughs> Take care. Bye. So I hope you guys enjoyed that segment. So now that we've got um, the two, I mean the top six teams out of the way, uh, let's talk a bit more about Crystal Palace. I think this season, after what we saw with them last season, they've been a bit underwhelming. You know, maybe that's uh, that's not the right word, but I feel it's still very very early on the season. And Palace are currently sitting in fifteenth uh, with just nine points. And um, the thing is, yeah, they're sitting in fifteenth, but They're just essentially three points away from eighth spot. Uh, who are Bournemouth are currently in eighth right now, and I think it's still a long way to go. So let's just touch on uh, the last two games that they played: the one with Chelsea and the one with Leeds. Uh, Rahul, what what were your thoughts? You know, uh, for for their game so far. Yeah, I think the Chelsea game was a nice little summary of how Palace's season have gone so far. Uh, like you said, they're sitting in fifteen with nine points, but I don't think that's reflective. I think they've been quite unlucky. They've already played Arsenal. They've already played Liverpool, Chelsea, City. Uh, you know, in most of those games, I think they were pretty competitive. The City game in the end ran away ran away from them. They lost four two, but in the other games, I mean, they were competitive till the end. I would say I think it's a fair statement. Yeah, every uh, game. Sorry to interrupt, bro. I think every game that they've played so far, Crystal Palace this season have been competitive. Have you know, been they've competitive. been there, and yeah. it's not like they uh, were dominated in any game in any way. You know, I think they're still there. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think I mean in the Chelsea game, very similar. Uh, you know, they get a good goal, and then again, we I mean we don't like to talk about refereeing decisions. Even the Arsenal game, we've sort of skimmed over that. But it is a is a contentious decision. I think Thiago Silva. There's definitely an argument to say he shouldn't be on the pitch, and you know, in typical fashion, he's the one who assists Aubameyang for Chelsea's first goal. And then last minute, Conor Gallagher, who was on loan at Crystal Palace. Is always written, you know, stuff like this. It always happens. He's the one who scores the last minute winner, the screamer so from outside eh? the box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So pain. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually, hate, you so know, much I hate salt that to the when wounds. they don't celebrate. Just fucking celebrate. Celebrate lah. Like, you know, like, yeah. Because uh, when people don't <laughs> in celebrate, his head, actually, you just yeah. Damn it! You can see in his eyes. He's just like, yes, <laughs> get it, yes. But then he, they always do it. They put their hands up. Yeah. Just celebrate. Respect. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> like Luis Suarez, <laughs> he came to Anfield, bro. Yeah, he, he lost his shit. Give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a real guy. That's why sliding <laughs> everyone. <laughs> like, 
I forget his name now. Who was he? Who was the Arsenal? Adebayo. Adebayo is the best. That's the gold celebration. Yeah. Sounds to me. So good. But yeah, so I think they were very unlucky in that game. The Leeds game, again, a bit of a sloppy, slow start. I think they were dominated to begin with. In the beginning, uh, and then in the beginning, but the that game, might be right? a conversation about Leeds, to be honest. And then Leeds mm. get the first goal. So if anyone wasn't following, Leeds take the league. It's one nil pretty early on, but Palace find their way into the game, and I think there's going to be a lot of that. Palace squad, as we talked about last season, when Patrick Vieira came in, he had a whole revamp of that squad. You know, we were, I can't remember the exact number now, but it was like double digits of numbers players out of contract that he just let go. And he signed, a, you know, lots of these young upcoming players with a lot of potential. So players like Eze, players like uh, Olise, uh, to complement what he has already in Zaha. And at yeah. the back, you know, he brought in Guehi and Anderson. Yeah. You know, some very good young players. Tyrick Mitchell is a very good player as well. Unfortunately, you know, fitness has been a problem with him. But, you know, I think we're going to see this stop start with a squad of young players. Yeah, I think in previous seasons, they really missed. I remember when Mitchell came in, a lot of people had in the FPL teams, but he got injured for a long time. Yeah, same. Eze got a, basically a season-ending injury last season. So now the team is really built. Uh, I mean, they, he's able to play the team that he really wants in terms of his first preferred eleven. And I think Eze and Olise has made a massive difference in midfield. Yeah, Very exciting team to watch. And actually. what a baller is he. Go and see his second goal. Such a good goal, you know. I mean, his, his goal uh, against uh, Leeds. Where he, yeah. where Zaha flicks, flicks it to him. He fakes the defender. Very good team goal as well. Yeah, actually. very good team goal, and he just puts yeah. it in the corner. Like wow, good player, yeah. man. And the thing is, you see with Vieira, right? Even you know, somebody Olise, I saw a lot of Palace fans, especially last season. I mean, like play him, start him, start him, start him. Mm. He's very patient. You know, you can see he's. Yeah, not, he didn't rush it, right? You go and see no. Olise's uh, like highlights on YouTube. For bro, that guy is yeah. mad, bro. He's <laughs> mad. Yeah. All the Reading fans <laughs> love him. <yeah. laughs> But the thing I is, I think one of the big, one of the biggest tests also is to how to take care of Zaha as well, who's known to be very temperamental mm. and ever uh, in terms of voicing out his opinions and stuff. And I, I mean, if he can manage that, I mean, his man management must be pretty yeah, good, lah. Uh, as well, yeah. yeah. But but I think that's the issue Zaha has had previously, right? He was the only threat in that Palace team, especially under Hodgson. Yes, so he got so frustrated marked, all the time. He'd be yeah. marked yeah. up. People kick the shit Whack out of him. him. Now he doesn't have it, to. La. He's got yeah. a bit more freedom because there's threats yeah. from elsewhere, and I think. I mean, I think uh, we're gonna see him hit a bit of form la, now that the fixtures clear up, you know. Which um, is why I brought him la, in my wildcard. I have him <laughs> nice, <laughs> on my wildcard. Nice, nice. Him and Gaita, these two people for the next four games. Actually, actually the Leeds game also I wanted a return, but it didn't happen. But yeah, Zaha got the he assist, got assist so, so, so far. He yeah, got Zaha got an assist, yeah. so it's working lah. It's working. Um, so I think yeah we'll see that the other thing is like we said besides Eze besides Olise besides the centre backs they this season they've signed Chick Ducore, uh, who's you know a Mali international if I'm not mistaken 22 years old they signed him from a French club Lens Vieira has been very complimentary of him uh, you know when I've watched Palace you can see that he's pivotal in that midfield you know it's, it's funny that Vieira is the manager because he plays something like a Vieira, like an old-school box-to-box, uh, contributes defensively, you know, top for interceptions, top for tackles in that Crystal Palace team. But still, 88% pass completion. He's creating loads of chances for them. He even assisted Zaha the other day. So I think, 
I do. Uh, I have to admit, I don't really know what the f- the footballing structure is at Crystal Palace. Whether they have a footballing director or Vieira is the one identifying these players with the scouts. But it's great. It's very exciting. If you're a Crystal Palace fan, I think this is the type of uh, type of player you want coming, hungry, young, wanting to prove themselves. But on the flip side, there is Vieira is building this very young team, full of English talent, full of young talent. I can only see if they do well this season, right? Two or three of them leaving in the summer, which is the typical sort of scenario, right? Yeah, yeah, very uh, true. So that's that's something which is very frustrating, like you know, when you're in the sort of mid to lower end of the Premier League. Um, but then again, in the short term, I think there's a lot of positivity. I'll be very excited to see how they fare in their next four fixtures. So they've got Leicester, Wolves, Everton, and Southampton. All of them very winnable games. If they come away yes. for twelve points, it's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, but equally, you know. Eight to ten points in those four fixtures is completely acceptable, and they'll find themselves in the top half of the table if they if they get easily. That, so. Yeah, yeah, true. So let's see. You know, I'm hoping for Crystal Palace to to uh, kick on. I would say. All right. So that pretty much wraps up our review segment. Uh, we'll catch you in our preview segment right after this, where we talk about Liverpool versus Man City. <laughs> Alright guys, um, for this segment, we're only going to cover one fixture. And this fixture is, I for me, uh, apart from the United Big Games, I think this is my favourite fixture. Liverpool City, always exciting football. Like this is the only fixture, right? That's not a United game where I actually go out and, you know, have some beers, you know, have some drinks and actually watch the game outside, you know, because that's how exciting this game is. But maybe we won't see that type of end-to-end <laughs> stuff this season. Maybe lah, <laughs> maybe. I'm going to caveat uh, it here. But um, yeah. let's just start no, with, guys, how, how, how are you feeling for this game? No, but it's true, though. The past seasons, like four or five seasons, like this is like football masterclass, man, honestly, this game. So it's nice, like, right? So yeah, nice. Because it's two different types of football. Like, but like, which one is possession-based, one is just hardcore, bang, bang, and try and score. It's so nice, bro. It's so nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it's an- at Anfield at least, but I don't think it'll make too much of a difference to the result. I mean, the morale is low in the team as well as the supporters, I feel. And yeah, we're just in terrible form. We're playing badly. Two of our key players just got injured, so it's not looking good. So let's just talk about where Liverpool are right now. Um, I think Kaiser pretty much summarised it. I think we spoke about it earlier self in the pod. And uh, something I want to highlight is I think there are two key injuries now at the time of recording. I think one to Trent. I don't know how serious that injury is. Do you all know? Is it a- ankle, apparently, right? it's sure not as bad as they first thought, but it's still okay. going to be... A, I don't think he'll play City. La. I'll be very surplused if yeah. he plays City. Game. If he yeah. plays but I don't City, think he's right? long yeah. for extended period of time. Okay. Not like Diaz. Not like Diaz, right? So Diaz, the other one who's injured, apparently he'll only return post-World Cup or something like that. Yeah, up to eight weeks, I think. That is... So two months, yeah. Two, two that's going to hurt your It's a shame because I thought after he went off, that's when the Arsenal game really switched actually. I thought before yeah. that we were quite dangerous. You know, the the Arsenal game, right? For some reason, the substitutions, uh, I thought it was a bit weird. Like, I okay, see, I get Salah wasn't doing anything, but he, I think he came off too early. If there was anyone yeah, who's going to score, I f- <laughs> like Salah, like, he's your like main player, right? Like, you know, I, I just don't know where it's going. Yeah. So currently, yeah, Liverpool are at 10th uh, with 10 points. Um, two wins, four draws, and two losses. Fourteen points behind. C- uh, sorry, no, I was gonna say City. Uh, Fourteen points behind league leaders Arsenal. Arsenal, Arsenal <laughs> Football Club. 
<laughs> and um, so we look at City. I mean, I know they're in second, but I think they're the best team in the world right now. And, and am I too forward yeah. thinking the same? I think it's easily I think that's no, pretty clear. Yeah. That's been the not case best team in the world. Sometimes, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. But in great form, uh, everybody's fit. I think. I think um, who is injured? Ah, uh? Laporte, uh? Laporte and Diaz. I think. Or did they did they come back already? I'm not sure. I mean, you're right. I think Akanji and Ake played the last game, but I yeah. don't know when the other two are. But I don't know how long they're out for actually. Kanji's looking good as well, annoyingly. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, they're good. They're very good. So the they've not lost the game, so far. But going away to Anfield for any team, it's not a joke. No matter how shit Liverpool are, lah, you know, it's just not easy. Let's not forget, Van Dijk still hasn't lost a league game at Anfield. Am I right in saying that? I'll be so surprised if that's the if case the after. One, uh, yeah, I'll be very surprised. Like I think if there's one thing the best of times, you mm. really need. You know, you you need to be on really good form. You need to be a good team. Liverpool are neither of those things. They're defensively mm. so frail. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't hold much positivity lah for. You this don't think well, Liverpool you know? are going to sort of take a step back and look at this and say, you know. Okay, fine. We've just lost to Arsenal away at the Emirates, and this is a game we're going to play at home against the best team in the league, best team in the world. You don't think they're going to at least put up a fight, like, like you, like, like you're already f- going to be written off and say, "Oh no, we're going to lose." No, but they'll be fired up and all that. But I mean, the evidence shows, you know, like the past games. I don't know how they can just flip that around in a game. And I don't think Klopp will change. Too much uh, in terms of how he'll approach, it. or maybe he might surprise us because he has been surprising us with some of his uh, substitutions <laughs> and changes, and a bit seems a bit desperate sometimes. So it will be interesting whether he does change something up because he I, might have. I, to. I mean, I think even if we do come out all guns blazing, even if the press is on point, I think it's very difficult to sustain that just because, like you said, injuries to Diaz, injuries to Trent, we just don't have the changes to sustain it over a ninety-minute period. We see that often with the City games. Actually, Liverpool always have a period of dominance where we get a few chances, often score a few goals, but then then you have to weather the storm, and that's when Liverpool have been very defensively sound. That's not the case now, you know. So, yeah, I re- I just I don't know. I'm trying. You you. I really can't see anything but a yeah. A, a and I'm CD usually game. quite optimistic. I'd say. Yeah, you are to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to Rahul, but uh, yeah, it's tough to see anything. To be I honest. think this will be more of a who scores more type of game. I think it'll be an extremely high scoring game, and I think City still can be hurt in terms of you know uh, defensively. Maybe they're not the. I mean, yeah, they haven't lost the league game. I'm just looking for points of weakness here, but it's, it's a bit hard. But you can score against City. It's not impossible. That's for sure. But then again, with the injuries you all have, I think one uh, good, li- a good uh, positive thing was I think uh, Nunes had. I think he's probably he's one of his best games. I think against Arsenal, yeah. I think he was. Uh, he was very good. Standout player. He was very good. Very, actually, very good. Yeah, yeah. He always gets in the right positions. I think maybe his touch and a few more things are not great, but he's always there, bro. He's always there, right place, right time. But it's not looking good, bro. <laughs> it's not looking <laughs> good. <laughs> So, okay, with that being said, let's just quickly highlight on City and then we'll wrap it up. I want to ask you all this question. How do you stop Harlan? Who knows, man? I, mean, I don't think anyone I think knows. that's what everyone's figuring out, I think. <laughs> If uh, Premier League managers and Champions League managers don't know, then 
what the f- how the fuck would I know like yeah <laughs> I'm still waiting for for a team to try and stop Haaland and the onslaught I think I think I think the case with uh, you know very good strikers even in the past the only way to stop them is to stop the supply to them supply yeah and that's what people used to try to do with De Bruyne stop the ball getting De Bruyne but then now you have yeah. to stop the ball getting two players so that's the thing like when you add that type of quality to your team right it's team. not just that player you're adding you're freeing up other players and yeah, yeah. look at Foden get <laughs> Foden getting hat-tricks yeah, exactly. yeah it's like okay you stop Haaland but so Foden still going to score a hat-trick you know like it's, how do you it, do yes, it yes you know? exactly so exactly. i think the question the answer to that question is you just have to stop city itself you just can't focus on Haaland <laughs> you just have to stop <laughs> them all yeah, which, which is, is a lot harder like, which is near humanly yeah. impossible uh, right now Okay, so give me your predictions, boys. Oh yeah, before you give me your predictions, let's look at the score predictor. So right now, um, so Rahul and Kaiser, I think you guys have sort of got you know some points uh, in the bag from the last two fixtures that you predicted. So currently in third place we have Kaiser, oh, and then God, with two terribly. points, Rahul with four points, and with me at five points. Um, I think I I my last two predictions were completely wrong. Didn't even get the right, let alone scoreline result as well. So that being said, um, for this fixture, Liverpool at home to Man City. Who wants to go first? I go four one City. <sighs> okay, you guys are three one City. Three one City. I'm going four one City as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna take four one. Oh my god! I hope. Let's hope. You yeah. What if it's the other way around, right? Yeah, knowing my jinx. Okay then guys I think uh, that pretty much wraps it yeah no that wraps it uh, thank you very much uh, for listening we're guessing united spurs right oh yeah sorry yeah united spurs <laughs> your team picture. sorry for score predictor <laughs> my team yes. so let me go first huh united at home to spurs oof this is tricky you know i'm not so confident so i'm going to go with a uh, 2-1 to united i agree yeah 2-1 i'll go 1-1 One one, nice. <laughs> very nice, very nice. I don't have ever predicted a draw, you know, for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why it's like so hard, right? To yeah, it's like a draw. Just pick a side, lah, lose it. Go up, go on last year, <laughs> grow up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, that's been the Bola Boys. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you in the next pod. Take care. Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli. And I think you 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 are an ostrich. Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day, he's the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football.